Hey everybody, happy Sunday. I'm so happy to be with you guys today. It is such an awesome time, an awesome opportunity really to always get into the word of God. So that's what we're going to do. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time to just, yeah, immerse ourselves in your word, Lord, and just allow you, Holy Spirit, to speak to us. Father, it is your word that changes and transforms our thinking, our understanding, and really sets us on the path of where you're taking us, Lord. So we pray that you will give us insight, give us revelation of what you are speaking today, and that every ear that is listening to this, Lord, will hear what you are saying, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, let's just jump into the word of God. We are going to go to the book of Haggai, uh, chapter 1. Uh, and we're going to start at the second verse and we're going to go through to the 14th verse. I, I definitely believe in reading uh, in passages of scripture. Uh, and I want to read this passage as we will be able to um, really get into it and see what God is speaking to us about our day and even right now. So here we go. Haggai chapter one, starting at verse two, it says, thus says the Lord of hosts, these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai, the prophet. Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does to put them into a bag with holes. The Lord says, consider your ways. Go up to the hills Bring wood and build the house that I may take pleasure in it and that I may be glorified, says God. You looked for much and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? declares the Lord of hosts. Because of my house that lies in ruins. While each of you busies himself with his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you have withheld the dew and the earth has withheld its produce. And I have called for a drought on the land and the hills on the grain, the new wine, the oil on what the ground brings forth on man and beast and on all their labors. Now, verse 12, listen to what it says. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shatil, and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent them. And the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke to the people with the Lord's message. I am with you, declares the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shatil, the governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. 
And they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. Hallelujah. How incredible is that passage of scripture? Look, this speaks about the children of Israel and the temple that God wanted to dwell in at that time. We understand that. And they neglected it. And God is telling them plainly through the mouth of Haggai what has happened. He's making it clear to them and he's asking them, which is our title, if you will, for this sermon. He's asking them to consider their ways. We need to do the same. So if we bring it forward, this word was written, obviously, as the scripture says, what we read in the Bible, what we read in the word, it was written for our learning. What can we take from this? How can we neglect God now that we are living in the new covenant? We don't look for a building, but how can we be neglecting what God is doing in us? Well, we're spiritual beings. And as it says in Peter, we are the living stones. We are the ones who carry the presence of God. So can we leave our own homes internally, which is God's home, his temple in ruins? We can. And we have to consider our ways to make sure that we're not doing this. So let's take these passages of scriptures as I've kind of put them in where we can just break them down a little bit and understand how this applies to us. So if we look at the action on behalf of God, verses two through six actually shows us that. And I want to read it again because I want us to really get clearly what's being said. We step out in faith, but we step out on the word of God. So if we're not really getting the word of God, then what are we what are we relying on? What are we living on? So I want to go back through these passages, through these particular passages of scripture to kind of give us that understanding and what God is speaking and what he's saying to us. Verse two through six says this. Thus says the Lord of hosts. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai, the prophet. And that word was this. Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you are never full. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them into bags that have holes. Wow. The overall view there, really, you're not only putting your needs before mine. This is this is the Lord speaking. You're not only putting your needs before mine, but you've taken matters into your own hands. Therefore, you've really removed the matter that should be in my hands out of my hands and you've taken them and put them in your own hands. You're sitting in my will. Watch this. You're sitting in my will, but you're doing things your way. This is this is 
This is something we really need to think about. We need to consider what is being said, even to us personally, as a body, as a church. We rest in the will of God, but we like to do things our way. And when I say our way, it's just the way of our flesh. It's just what's comfortable to us, how we feel about things. You know, we we allow our feelings and our comforts to lead us more than the spirit. So as we continue to read, we we can be so consumed by what we think. And when you're so consumed by this, you can't even see the reap what you sow mentality that we live by is actually not doing it. These guys, what the Lord is telling them, you've been sowing into something and you're not getting the harvest that you should be getting. Why is this? Well, let me tell you why. You're making this more about what it looks like for you instead of making it about the house of the Lord. And when it comes to us, we get so busy and so prioritizing the things around us that we don't really make it about what is the truth and what really matters. And that is our spiritual house. That is the Lord's house. That is us as spiritual people. But we're so bombarded by society. We're so bombarded by the things around us that it is easy to lose sight of what God is trying to say and what God is wanting to do. And we can easily leave the house in ruins. And that's God's house. That is us. That is that is who we are. So we have to consider our ways. We have to actually come back and think. Let's take inventory here. Let's think, okay, where am I missing it? What is happening? The things that I've put my hands to, is it really getting a little bit tougher for me to work through? And it actually shouldn't, you know, am I putting so concerned about even finances? Am I so concerned about this? That I'm finding it a bit of a struggle to manage this or manage that and not really thinking and prioritizing the things that really matter, which is God's house. So let's keep going. Verses seven through nine. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways, go up to the hills and bring wood and build whose house? His house. He's saying build my house that I may take pleasure in it and that I may be glorified. You looked for much and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? Declares the Lord of hosts, because of my house that lies in ruins while each of you busies himself with his own house. In other words, even when it comes to now, Let's consider our ways. I keep saying that, but I'm going to keep saying it. Let's consider our ways. What is God saying to us? Put me back in my rightful place, in the place that I belong in. Put me back at the top. Prioritize me. Pour into your spirit, man. Invest in me as I have invested in you. You will see how much I've invested in you if you will invest in your inner man. If you will invest in your spirit, 
you will see how much I've invested in you. I truly believe that's what God is saying to us, even right now. Let's prioritize the things. Well, really, not even the things. Let's prioritize him because it is he who matters. Let's build his house. Any struggle you may be in, could it be, if we consider it, could it be God allowing us to be tested to see whose hands we're going to really rest in? Will it be his hands or will it be our own? It's funny. It's interesting. I thought about this and I, I don't I, I don't think I've ever seen this since I've been living here. But when I was younger, growing up in the States, there will always be this, you know, it could, it could interrupt if I'm watching TV, it could interrupt any TV program. And all of a sudden there would just be this this um, broadcasting system test. And you would just hear this loud sound, nothing really on the screen, but static and things like that and you will hear this loud sound just saying like the whole time for 30 seconds and you will wonder quickly oh man what's what's happening and then you will hear this operator this voice come on the tv and say this is only a test this is a test of the emergency broadcast system it is only a test and then they will continue and once we heard that we realized Oh, it's nothing to worry about. They're just testing it. You know, if something is to happen. Uh, emergency takes place. This is what it's going to sound like. But this is only a test. And so we will be calm. We will sit there and just kind of wait throughout the, you know, wait until the process of what was happening was over. And then our regularly scheduled program will continue. But that came into my mind because as I'm reading this. We have to see, OK, what's happening in our lives? And yes, there's a lot of craziness. You know, it's, it's so easy, especially these days after the pandemic or as we get closer to post pandemic, not saying that we're completely out of it. Uh, anything can happen. But as we're living beyond what um, a pandemic looks like and is post pandemic, if you will, uh, we're kind of on edge as it relates to what could take place, what could happen. And we kind of think differently now. Um, but in relating to what God is showing us and even that example, could it be that what we're going through is only a test? It's to test us if we're going to trust ourselves, if we're going to take matters into our own hands or if we're going to leave it in God's hands. And when we think and realize, wait a minute, my life, yes, it's real, but it's only a test. Where I am right now, circumstantially, where I am right now, situationally, where I find myself, it's only a test. And if I know this, I can relax. I can rest. I can wait on God, patiently knowing that this test will pass. And God taking me through this is only preparing me for where he wants to go. What should I do in this test? Let me consider what I'm doing now. Whose house am I building? Am I so busy trying to make everything around me as comfortable and as strong and as 
you know, together as possible so that I know within my flesh, within myself, I can relax because I've built so much and I can trust what I've built that no matter what happens, it won't be able to barricade. It the barricade is so strong, it won't be able to break through. But that am I relying on my strength to get things so prepared around me that I have put the very thing and neglected the very thing that matters, which is the house of God, that he will get glory, which is the inner man, which is me, even the people around me. Have I neglected that? That I've allowed the house of God to be in ruins. We have to consider our ways. So as we continue. We have to stop living this fluff of a Christian life that yields no fruit, but masquerades a manufactured religious lifestyle according to trends that make the world like us. We have to be done with how the world, with how we want the world to see us. And we have to be consumed with how we want God to move in us and how he wants to move in us. We have to prioritize his purpose and who he is for us and what he wants to do through us. We have to get away from this thinking of how we keep up with the trend and how we just really how we build around ourselves and what really matters because it is he who matters. It is God who matters and it is his house that matters. So when his house is lying in ruins because we've busied ourselves with our own homes, this makes it to the, th this actually brings us to a place where God is not able to move in the way that he wants to. So he has to wake us up. And in that awakening, we have to think right now as I'm speaking to you, consider our ways. What's really happening here? So I want to continue with verse 10 and 11. Therefore, the heavens above you have withheld the dew and the earth has withheld its produce. And I, this is God speaking, have called for a drought on the land and the hills, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, on what the ground brings forth on man and beast and on all their labors. In other words, he stopped the one thing that mattered most to them. It wasn't people that mattered most, which is interesting because God is always about people, but it wasn't people that mattered most. It was what their flesh wanted, which is what they became consumed with. They couldn't see it because they were too busy being in the middle of it. So as we consider our ways, what have we been so consumed with? What have we been most consumed with? Only you can ask yourself these questions. We have to ask ourselves these questions. What are we most consumed with? So this is the response and the reaction from the people. God has told them everything. And this is how the people have responded. And this is where the joy is. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shatil, and Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, 
obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent them. And the people feared the Lord. So what happened? They obeyed the Lord their God. And number two, they feared the Lord. If we keep reading, then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke to the people with the Lord's message. I am with you, declares the Lord. So that third thing you've picked up on the first two. They obeyed the Lord their God. That's important. They obeyed the word. They obeyed the word that came from the prophet. And they said, okay, we're going to build the house. And then in them obeying, the fear of the Lord came. So they feared the Lord. And number three, the Lord declared by saying, I am with you. So it wasn't that God was concerned in trying to bring condemnation. No, that's not what this was about. He wasn't trying to condemn them. And if anything, he was concerned with trying to be more active in relationship with them. This is why God is saying, build my house. Because if you build my house, it allows me to be in relationship that is active with you. Because God is an active God. He is not a God of religion. He is not a God that is an idol that sits on our shelves and does nothing. That's not who God is. And we're not to approach him that way. We're not to speak about God in that way. You know, every Sunday I'll visit my God and I'll do the necessary requirements and then I'll go back to my living. I'll go back to being concerned and consumed with what is is interesting and important and passionate and moving to me. We all have different things that are interesting to us. We all have different interests. We all have different hobbies. We all have different things that matter. And yes, those things can be very important. But when we take those things and make it the priority and exclude the very creator, the very one who made us to be here according to his counsel, according to his will, guess what that does? It puts God in an inactive position. When it comes to him being involved with his children and when that happens, it does not go well for us. It cannot go well for us. Because the one who wants to be involved is not involved. Why? Not because he doesn't want to, but because we're not building his house. We're not pouring into him. We're not building him. We're leaving his house in ruins. While we're building everything else around us because of what our flesh wants to be satisfied in. So they obeyed the word of God. They feared the, the Lord. And the Lord was with them. Hmm. How powerful is that? So as we read this last verse. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shittil, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. Watch what just happened there. He stirred up the governor. So he stirred up everything state related. <laughs> everything politically related, if you will. God can step into anything. He stirred up the governor. He stirred up the high priest. High priest represents the church. 
God is not limited to stirring anything up. And as a matter of fact, not just those two that represent, um, you know, those positions, but he stirred up the rest of the people. Why? Because they gave him the space to do it. They obeyed. And they went to work building the house of God. This is what happened. The Lord stirred them up, but they positioned themselves to be stirred. As we consider our ways, let me ask another question. Are you positioned to be stirred? We're waiting for God to move, but are we in position? We want God to do this. We want God to do that. Oh, I'm craving for a move of God. But are you positioned to receive that fulfillment of the craving that you have? Are we building the house of God? Yes, the, the presence of God wants to dwell with us. But are we in position to receive and be relishing the, the presence of God? Or are we trying to fit the presence of God on our timetable? Guys, seriously, we are building more and more into our house gatherings. We're building more and more into house worship. And we're going to be doing this more and more and more because we are craving the presence of God. But if you want this, we all of us have to position ourselves to see this through. We have to get in the place of meeting the presence of God, of allowing the presence of God to rest on us. We have we 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 have to release the thinking and get away from the mindsets of Yes, I want the presence of God, but there's so much more to do. Yeah, can it fit within the half an hour that I have so I can get everything else done because I have to be really productive and really effective with everything that's happening in my life. My life is just too busy. Guys, we always make time for things when we really want it. So we have to consider ourselves as the body of Christ, as the church. What are we really building? The things around us that can immediately go and just dry up. Whether it's material things, whether it's things that we're passionate for when it comes to our dreams and our ambitions and our desires. What are we actually building into? Because if the house of God is left in ruins, we do not give God the space to allow his presence to just overwhelm us and us bask in it and hear the spirit of God and hear what he is saying and move in revival and watch the world that we live in become completely soaked in the presence of God, watch salvations happen, watch miracles happen, watch people be overtaken and drawn by the spirit of God. Where is our desire at? And are we positioning ourselves to meet the desire and the will that God has for us? These are the things that we can do. How do we make this happen, Carvin? Three things, very practical. First of all, Come back to your first love. Guys, let's come back to our first love. Even Revelation chapter two, verse four, it says, 
And, and this is what God is saying in that particular scripture. But I have this against you talking to the church, speaking to the church that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Let's think about what drew us to God. Let's come back to that first love. Number two, disciple your flesh. I love the way Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. He says, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. I discipline my body. So he's partnered with the Holy Spirit and he takes action. I discipline the thoughts that I have, the things that I want to do, everything around me. No, wait, 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 wait. I'm not allowing this to control me. I'm going to discipline my thought life. I'm going to discipline my flesh. I'm going to discipline and prioritize what should be important. I'm going to do that. Disciple your flesh. And number three, which is the most important, seek first the kingdom of God. And that's Matthew chapter six, verse 33. And all these things, if we seek him first, all these things will be added. So note there, if you seek him first, there, there doesn't need to be a second, third, fourth, fifth, and a list of things that come after that. Jesus says all of the things that you're concerned about, that you have thought about. Yes, he gets it. They're, they're, they're important to us. But all these things, we can we can put them all in a bunch and just group them together, because when you seek first the kingdom, the rest of the stuff falls in place. It may not feel like it in the moment. It may not look like it, but it will. It has to, because we're allowing the spirit of God to get involved in our lives. How? Because we are no longer letting the house of God be in ruins. That's what matters, guys. Let us consider our ways right now as we move further as a church, Melbourne Life, as we move further into our house gatherings, as we move further into house worship, as we as we move further, when we gather together on a fortnightly basis. Guys, let's think about what church really looks like. Let's think about what the house of the Lord really looks like. Let's build into people. Let's be concerned more about reaching out to people. Let's be concerned more about the inner man, about who we are as spiritual beings, because that's really who we are. Let's consider our ways. Let's think about this. We don't I don't need to call each one of you and say, this is what you're doing wrong. This is what you, it's not about that. It's about the Holy Spirit and us engaging with him because God wants to be in active relationship with us. So if things seem a bit harder, if things seem a bit tougher, if things around us do not seem to have a sense of peace to it and a sense of flow to it. And I'm not measuring that based on how much you have and how much you don't No. I'm not measuring it based on that. I'm measuring it based on the peace that is in your spirit right now, based on the peace that you walk out, the peace that surpasses all understanding. 
If you're looking at any area of your life and there's some trouble there, there's some concern, there's a bit of a struggle there, then consider your ways right now. And let's think about this. Where am I leaving the house of God in ruins at? Because I want to obey the Lord. And if I obey him, the fear of the Lord comes in. And if the fear of the Lord is there, I know he's with me. And if he's with me, I've positioned myself to be in the presence of God. Let's build the house of the Lord. In other words, let's build what really matters. That is his people. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity. I pray, Lord, that people would have heard you speaking when it comes to the way we consider everything that we're doing. Have your way, God. And as the worship team takes it over, Lord, let us think about going forward what you are wanting to do, because I believe truly there is a new fire and a new joy coming. It is actually waiting on us. And if we position ourselves, we can experience that active relationship that you have been so desiring to have with us. Thank you for this word and thank you for this time, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, worship team, take us away. We love you, and we cannot wait to see you soon. Thanks, guys.